Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Well, guys, would you turn with me to Romans chapter 8? Paul said, I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed. Verse 19 says, For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. The anxious longing of creation? You mean all creation is waiting for some revealing to happen? There's going to be a great reveal. What's the great reveal? It says the sons of God will be the great reveal. Ta-da! Here's the kids. Some people want to say, why don't you preach that we get revealed down here right now? I read ahead. At the end of the book, it's a much bigger production than just down here. In fact, well, let me show you. Paul's going to tell us some of it right here, so I'll just tie it in with some stuff in Revelation so you get that awesome reveal. The scripture says God is going to send his son for the church in the last days, and the heavens will be rent or peeled back, 
like a curtain. I tell the kids, it's like being in a movie theater. Can you imagine you're watching a show on the screen and all of a sudden a knife comes through the screen, cuts all the way down and peels it open. Maybe a sword, better touch, Jesus. And he peels back and bright, brilliant white light comes out and there's the Lord behind the screen. He's that close. We just didn't see him because the screen was in the way. That's how this sky is going to be. It's going to just peel back and we're going to see the Lord. Now, somebody will say, you don't really think heaven's that close to you. I say, wait a minute. Remember the book of Acts? When Jesus took the disciples out to a mount, it says, and there the heavens opened and he began to go up and they stood there going, and the angel said, why are you guys standing around with your jaw unhinged? We translate that to gaping. They're like, and it says he took his seat at the right hand of the Father. You mean from earth they could stare right at him, sit down in heaven? Sometimes we think the Lord God is so far away. I don't think so. I think it's just we're blind to the reality. I mean, he could be right behind the curtain, right there. And Paul says the whole creation, they're just like anxiously waiting. Something great is going to happen. What is the great thing? There's going to be a revealing. Now, who does Jesus come back to this earth with? It says he comes on this flying horse in Revelation. And behind him, myriads upon myriads, that's the Hebrew way of saying 10,000s of 10,000s. 10,000 is their biggest number, by the way. So what happens? They go, we got a really big number. 10,000s of 10,000s. That's just the Hebrew slang for trillions. They just don't have the word trillion. So that's what they used to say. So here, myriads upon myriads of what is following Christ? The saints. What does the word saint mean? Believer. All the ones that believe are going to come back with him. It says all of creation is waiting to see this great revealing of the sons of God. Are we going to be in the same body when the reveal takes place? A twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. That's how fast your body will be changed from this old body. What Paul say in 2 Corinthians, this corruption will be swallowed up by incorruption. This mortal will be swallowed up by immortality. We're getting new bodies. Let me show you what it says here. Verse 20, for the creation was subjected to futility. Not willingly, it says, but because of him who subjected it in hope. For the creation itself also will be set free from this slavery to corruption into a freedom of glory of the children of God. For we know the whole creation, it groans, it suffers the pains of childbirth together. Not only this, but we also ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. You ever felt like you're groaning because this body has given me a little too much trouble? A little too much pain today. I'm like, amen, Paul, preach it. Even ourselves, we groan. Yep. It says, waiting eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. You know, Christ paid to redeem this body, this old tent. But it wasn't the tent he was interested in. It's the spirit inside the tent. Paul refers to it as a temporary building made by human hands. But he says God has an upgrade. I like how Jesus says, I'll go to my father's house to prepare a mansion for you. Now, some teachers teach that's going to be a mansion like we think of physical buildings. 
But there's another proposed teaching that instead of being a building, it's a glorified immortal body that will swallow up this temporary tent, as Paul calls it in Corinthians, and replace it. In other words, we'll lay aside the tent, our spirit will move out of this and into an eternal heavenly body made by God. I submit that's a pretty good translation. It bears at least consideration. The body you got now will call it a tent. Tents are good for camping for a while. But if I think of this as a tent, not as an everlasting building, when it starts to have the tent zipper not work and starts getting little pukas in the rain fly, I don't get as tripped out because it's just temporary. My perspective is different. It's like, yes, this body's wearing out. But see, it says the whole creation's groaning because it's waiting for a reveal of the sons of God in hope. We have hope that this thing is going to get traded in. Paul uses it and he calls the body a tent here. He calls the body from God a mansion. Nice word picture, huh? We're going to trade in the tent for a mansion. Would any of you like to trade that? We'll trade these bodies with all of their aches and pains for a body with no pain, no suffering, eternal. I'm like, let's go. But see, when it says all creation has been groaning waiting for this, and we ourselves even groan waiting for this, I say, amen. It says for verse 24, for in hope we have been saved. But hope, it says, which is seen, that's not really hope. For who hopes for what they have already seen, already has been? We don't hope for something's already done. This is something we're waiting to see done. We have something to hope for, something to look for, something to keep the perspective when I don't maybe make it to my physical goals that I set five years ago. I don't have to stress about that because even if I could get to that goal here, I'm still going to take the tent and trade it in. My wife's grandmother. She lived to her hundreds. Don't ever play Scrabble with someone that has that many years. Okay, they will kick your behind. They've forgotten more words than we could ever learn. She was an avid reader, and nothing had slipped up here. Her body, however, was, had a lot of mileage. And she said, inside, I feel like an 18-year-old. She wanted to go on the boat that tows you with the little parachute in the back, raises up. She wanted to do that. In like her 80s, 90s, she's like, I'd do that. Inward, there was that spark, that life. There's like, I'm alive. But when she looked in the mirror, she's like, this outer shell's, this part is decaying. Paul says, listen, verse 25, if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, you know, to persevere means hang in there. It says that we will eagerly wait for it. The next two verses say there's something to accompany our hope that we need. Let me show you what it is. Verse 26. In the same way it says, the Spirit also helps with our weakness. Just like hope helps with our weaknesses, so does God's Spirit. It says, for we don't even know how we should pray. Have you ever felt like that? Lord, I don't even know what to pray here. Got a circumstance. I'm not even sure what to pray. But listen to this. God says, I've got my Spirit for you, and my Spirit will intercede for you with groanings, and I like the King James' with groanings and moanings, too deep, too deep for comprehension. 
God's spirit can intercede for a situation. Have you ever been in a place, you can't even put it into words, you're just like, (gasps) (gasps) now if you have a really good friend and they know you well, they've been around you so long that you can go, (gasps) and they go, yeah, I know what you mean. That is not a nothing. It's a something, but it's a something that's so deep you can't really quantify. You can't put it into words. Is it not real? That groaning, that moaning, that, oh, not again. That might be all you prayed today. Oh, God. And God goes, I got you. Know exactly what you mean. Because he has his spirit. Interceding means going between us and God as the mediator, the one going to take care of it. Don't worry. He's going to polish up your prayer. I used to tell the kids in Sunday school, you don't know how to pray? Don't worry. Just talk to God as best you can. God's spirit can help doctor up our prayer. It's his job. Don't worry. He knows exactly. And you know what he does that's really cool? He takes the prayer, what we pray, and it says he tweaks it so that we get answers. And the way that he tweaks is very easy, very simple thing. In fact, it's revealed in the next verse, verse 27. He says that the spirit searches the hearts and he knows the mind of the spirit. He knows what it is, what God wants. And it says, and because he intercedes for the saints according to God's will. Not according to our will. I know you wish that God would tell his spirit to take care of your will. God, not thy will, but my will be done. Jesus said when we pray, we should pray, not my will like he did, but thy will be done. In 1 John, John gives a secret how to get your prayer answered. And it ties exactly to this verse. If you want to know where the verse is, it's 1 John 5, 13, 14, and 15. These things, he says, I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you might know, first of all, that you have everlasting life. That's a nice thing to be assured of. And then he said, and this is the confidence which we have before God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And, verse 15, this is the key. Yeah, you got him to hear you. But if you ask according to his will, not only does he hear you, it says, if we ask according to his will, then we know he hears us. And if we know he hears us in whatever we ask, then it says, we know we have the request which we have asked from him. First, you you have to believe in his son. Okay, You don't get to do this without believing in his son. It doesn't work. You, You left out a key ingredient. But if you believe in his son, he made available to you this sweet little key to success of your prayers. All you have to do is say, 1 John 5, 13 to 15. God, I pray for your will to be done. Here's my situation. Remember, Jesus was going to go to the cross. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, I don't want to drink it. He was talking about the cup of the beatings and stuff he was about to endure. But he says, if it's all right, I'd like to not get beaten. If there's any way we could avoid this, I'd like to pass. Now, that tells me I'm allowed to tell God anything, even if I don't feel like doing what I can see is set before me. But if I do that, I have to end like he did. What did he say? But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. In this case, he would drink the cup. Because he would submit to God's will. Sometimes we're going to have tribulation in this life. 
But remember, the suffering of this life does not compare to the glory, the future, to be revealed. Keep it in perspective. See, he says, Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He looked forward. He set the example of what we have to do. We're struggling. We just need to let our eyes move a little bit forward. Look to the future, that hope we have of the great revealing of the sons of God. Then we can put up with all the stuff down here. We can make it. And if you do want to have an effective prayer life down here, let me tell you, God gave you his spirit to help you in your prayer life. And his spirit will pray according to God's will for you. And the sooner that you can receive this, if you can, if you can receive it, who do you think has got a better plan for your life? You or God? I know some of you are convinced you do. Pastor, you don't understand. I got to marry this person. I got to have this job. I got to live in that house. I got to have that mansion. I got to drive that car. The will of a young man. When you do this instead, God, here's what I would like, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He might take you from Arizona and move you to Hawaii. Then he might give you four kids. He might change the whole plan, what you had, to a better plan. See, sometimes we think we have a better plan than God. Let's just be realistic. It's our ego. But I've got news for you. God's got a way better plan for your life if you would just listen to him. He knows what to do. And if you can receive it, asking him for his will to be done in your life, that's solid. That's a good thing for you to do. Because he sees the big picture. He sees everything. He knows stuff you don't even know about yet. I submit to you is the greatest way to go. But you're only going to get to know those sweet answered prayers when you come to that place of God let me enter into your will. Your will be done. And as soon as you do, as soon as you do, you'll see your prayers start getting answered. People will be like, whoa, what happened to your prayer life? You just all rocketed. Oh, I learned a secret, First John. Just pray according to his will. Then you know he hears you. Then you know you get the answer. See, I don't believe God has any trouble giving us the answer of his will for our lives. The problem really is we just don't pray for it. I was sharing with the kids on Friday night, first in First Chronicles 4.10, Jabez prayed, Oh God, enlarge my territory. Oh God, bless me, basically. Oh God, keep me free from pain. By the way, there's only two verses about this fellow in the whole Bible. It's the verse right before it, verse 9 of First Chronicles 4. It says, And Jabez's mother was in pain when she was giving birth to Jabez, so she named him Jabez in Hebrew, which means to be in pain, in extreme pain, okay? You know, the pain of childbirth. She's like, that kid was a pain to birth. They named him that. What a meanie. Can you imagine the scarring that would do to you as you're growing up? What's your name? I'm a pain. I never really picked up on it, but what was his prayer? Oh, God, enlarge my territory, bless me, and cause me to not be in pain. I was thinking, you know, that dude probably had some pains of the heart. Rejection, some feelings inside, maybe some suffering, you know, like, man, I'm just a pain. I bring pain. He prayed, God caused me to not be in pain. And you know what it says in that verse at the end? And the Lord heard his prayer. The Lord granted his request. Was it really elaborate prayer? Was it so fancy? No. 
In fact, I submit to you that it's not how fancy we pray. It's that we pray. Just We just need to do it. Just pray. You want to have answered prayers? Then pray. Don't call me to do the prayer because the truth is you can pray. I'll be glad to pray with you. That's no problem. There's power in praying together. But don't leave it for just when you go to services. The Bible says, how often should we pray? Without ceasing. Just pray all the time. Just keep a dialogue. Keep an open communicate. How many of you FaceTime with anybody now? We have our daughter Joy on the mainland there in North Carolina, and she FaceTimes us all the time. And you can tell when someone's really comfortable on FaceTime because they don't actually stop and stare at the screen anymore to talk to you. They have the screen on sitting somewhere on the counter, and they're doing whatever they're doing. They're going in and out of the field. You're just keeping them company. That's all I'm doing. I mean, she's cooking and doing stuff and going to the fridge. And I don't see her half of the FaceTime call, but she's there. And if you don't keep the conversation, or even if you just are doing something on your side and she's doing something on her side, as long as the line is open, she's good with it. Just don't hang up. You hang up, she'll call you right back. What happened? Where'd you go? Well, we weren't talking. We're just like in the rooms together, but not... No, Dad. See, what does she want? Just that knowledge, that consciousness that you're there. When you think of prayer, don't think of it as like you have to be in the FaceTime call. You just need to keep the line open. So you can just talk to the Lord about anything, whatever is going on. That's real prayer. That's praying without ceasing. You're just keeping it open. You didn't hang up on him. You didn't cut the call off. You made the call and you left the line open. That's how to pray without ceasing. That's my new analogy for praying without ceasing. Okay? Does that work? Let's do that and throw in that part, Lord, your will. That way you know he hears. That's like having a FaceTime call and making sure that the guy on the other side's hearing what you're saying. Because sometimes I'll hear my daughter's voice coming from the phone. I'm over on the other side of the room. Dad, do you still hear me? Are you there? You know, they want to make sure you hear them. And we want to make sure our prayers get heard by God. So God, we got the line open now. Your will be done. Do you hear me? He goes, I got you. I heard you. And when we know he hears us, guess what happens next? We get answers. Ask for his will. You'll get an answer. 100% guarantee it. Because the Holy Scriptures guarantee this works. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord or at our podcast site, CelebrateTheLord.org. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.
Draw me ever 